Hello and welcome to episode 157 of the Live to Walk Again podcast. My name is Jeremy Dixon, your host as always, and with me today, we've got a special guest in, in the studio. Uh, Willie Frank III is with me. Uh, you all know him as the tribal chairman of the Nisqually tribe here in uh, Olympia, Washington, and, and kind of the greater Thurston County, uh, Pierce County area um willie welcome to the show man so good to see you bro you know jeremy it's always a pleasure coming on the show seeing you and having the opportunity to update folks on uh, the beautiful work that nisqually's doing because uh, we are doing some beautiful work yeah yeah it seems like uh things are going really well and uh you go yeah, we have some some great updates to uh to get to today i'm excited yes sir i'm looking forward to it. a lot to talk about heck yeah so um you know, I know that we we were going to have you on the show, uh, you know, prior to... God, when was uh, it? Gosh, Christmas? man, yeah, like right around Christmas, gosh. you were supposed to come on, and then, of course, uh, you know, holidays get everybody a little little busy, and then uh, I obviously was in the hospital for six weeks, and... And I'm glad uh, you were home safe. Yeah, that no was doubt, definitely man. not a good six weeks. No but. doubt, no doubt, but, uh, you know, we're back and uh, and healthy and, and feeling good, man. I just wanted to, wanted to get... Uh, touch base with you so um yeah i mean let's uh let's get into it man let's talk about the uh the rise above uh program that that uh i know that you had you had uh put on down at the at the at nisqually. nisqually there so and so we uh let's just because i guess we haven't seen each other for a while so yeah you know i think maybe starting kind of in january let's say at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. you know coming into 2023 for me as chairman of the nisqually tribe my goal is to be able to make sure that our people are working together understanding the big picture of what we're trying to do and I think uh, what we started to see, I mean, you, you've been one of our biggest allies, Jay. Like You've been one of our biggest guys out there spreading our message, our education, the word, you know, and, and I see here in 2023 that, you know, it's, it's even getting more, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger, our messaging, our just uh, education, I guess, you know, you, you know, we went to public school, you know, we grew up in the North Thurston School District, um, you know, it wasn't as bad as other places, but uh definitely needed some some work done and so that was one of my goals you know coming out of high school was god maybe i could be back into the school one day you know and so starting 2023 we realized the whole edu- the educational tool of what we're starting with the language and it starts and it centers around our youth you know and i think about our youth and and of course rise above we've worked with uh, jackie mccormick who is a nez Perce tribal member at ncaa hooper and i love to get her on this podcast jay to talk about the great things they're doing yeah but uh the nisqually tribe committed to five different events whether it was basketball camps whether it was a sporting event whatever it might be of, of bringing you know professional athletes and uh indigenous athletes to out to nisqually to be able to show everybody you know that hey hard work dedication can get you anywhere in life you know and to have coach George Carl come out to have uh, Lakota Betty though it was the star of the day a Native American woman who uh, plays basketball overseas she played at Oral Roberts and the whole uh, the whole purpose of this is is we center it around sports but we want it to be about our kids being able to talk about things that are bothering them in life you know, and, and for Lakota's story, her sister committed suicide. 
and they were about a year they were like 14 months apart and they played basketball together their whole lives and you know she talks about what she went through you know and now to see her playing overseas and coming back and actually she's related to Tayana we found that out like wow it was kind of funny that our niece is related to her but you know our stories you know a lot of our stories within our tribal communities you know people don't want to really address them they don't want to address the concerns that are out there they don't want to address the real issues that that harm our people and you know jay you know my story and what i've been through in my life i mean you know my mine was blasted all over the front page of the paper there you know and so it's about really being able to you know accept yourself as who you are you know and for me it all centers back to our language it centers back to our youth and you know, I was raised by my father who uh, he taught me very, very, and my mother both, about the, you know, the significance of family, one, coming together, all of us. But this next generation, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to have challenges in front of them and they need real leadership. They need to see real mentors, you know, people who put, don't work just eight to five. Right. Yeah, no kidding. I know. And I know, man, you, that's definitely not something that you do because... Uh, every time I talk to you, like it's usually pro- you know, after 8 p.m. at night, and you're like still working, and uh, just slip in a few minutes to uh, to update me on what's going on and when we can uh, can get on these these mics and and catch up. So, well, you um, thinking about just everything that we talk about, Jeremy? I think, you know, my father, you know, getting arrested over 50 times, you know, what he went through in his life, and. I look at the generation right now as a little bit soft and we got to toughen it back up, you know, because it's, it's almost like we get a little bit, you know, uh, upset about words a little bit too much, you know, and we have this foundation that has already been built and we just, it's almost like we got the keys to the Porsche. Don't, don't crash it in a way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's so true. So, um, so, so with this rise above, uh, these rise above events that you guys are hosting or, or helping put on, um, you know, what, uh, how are the kids reacting to like seeing George Carl come in? I know, uh, former Sonics, uh, basketball player, Dale Ellis was down there. I, I think um, these kids, you got to relate to today. So Dale Ellis, I was like, Dale Ellis was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. Right. Except Dale Ellis was more athletic. Yeah. You know, he would dunk on, he was six, eight, you know, and, uh. So comparing them to kind of the, the newer kids today, but also, so Coach Carl's easy. Yeah. He coached against Michael Jordan in the finals. Everybody's like, wait, what? You know, and so it's like trying to compare and seeing these kids. But for us at Nisqually, we had 50 Nisqually youth out of 54 people there. And so 50 of the kids out of those 54 were Nisqually youth. You know, for us, that's very beautiful because that showed the, a younger generation who's ready to play hoops. Yeah. You know, and... uh yeah, man, it's exciting because we want to tie this around education. We want to tie this around, you know, our culture, our, you know, treaty rights, understanding everything that comes with being Nisqually and and a Native American, because I think the foundation of who we are is going to be important in the future for whatever we do as a, as a tribe. And man, we're on the, on the verge of uh, some beautiful things, I think. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, that, that makes me think of something. So I know that, I guess I didn't realize, like, I knew when we were growing up that, like, basketball was so important to you and, and to, like, all of us. Like, I mean, we're all, like, that's something we all kind of bonded over. Um, but it seems like with the within, like, the tribal community, not just Nisqually, but, but overall, like, around the country, that 
um, basketball is a huge, huge thing that, that the kids especially kind of that it's one of their like big pastimes you know it's so it's like you get your uh when you're born as a native kid you get put in a baby board right uh-huh. so i still have my baby board from when i was a kid and right next to that's going to be either a basketball it's going to be a, a paddle it's going to be a softball you know it's <laughs> like that's what we're you know that's how we are when we're born it's it's sports right. you know growing up but also you know, I think I think sports has been so amazing for our indigenous communities, our tribal communities everywhere in the world. You know, you think about basketball being worldwide, and I think about for us on our reservation, and for me, uh, basketball has been such a huge impact of playing so many native tournaments, you know, having the opportunity to travel around Indian country to play hoops. You know, that was such a beautiful experience for myself, for my wife, and for everybody that we have that, w- that took part in that. And the best part about it now, Jeremy, is that you're seeing folks, guys I played against, guys I played with on their tribal councils now. You uh, never used to see that years ago. I mean, it was almost like a joke, you know, for the people who went to go play hoops on the weekends. And now it's like, we're, yeah, because we played as a team. You know what teamwork is. You know what work ethic is. Right. You know, you, you don't want to let that other guy down. You know, and that's that work ethic I want to get back to within our government within all of our structures, not just at Nisqually, but I think all over the world right now. You know, I mean, the, some yeah. of the service and the hospitality, I mean, it's like, you know, just a, a smile gets you a long ways at times. You know, Absolutely. and I think, uh, you know, for us, I, my goal, honestly, I'm going to say it now, we got to bring these Sonics back, you know, and I've, I've told people that. I said, hey, when we bring the Sonics back, you know, Nisqually definitely wants to try to be a part of that any way we can. And uh, people look at me like I'm crazy, but I'm like, no, this is going to happen, you guys. So That would be a beautiful thing, man. I can't wait. I th- it's just a matter of time, no doubt. It's got to be, got to be. No doubt. Um, yeah, the, and I was going to bring up, you know, Dick Trudell, when he was on, he talked a lot about sports yeah. and how that really kind of lifted him out of, yeah, I mean, lifted him out look, of. You look at my niece, you know, prime right. example. My niece is playing basketball at Laney Community College in Oakland. She met us out in D.C. last week. Right. It was her first time out. But just seeing the, the impact of sports with her, and, you know, for a lot of us, school's not fun. Nobody wants to go to school. But if you got sports, that gives you that extra kind of push to go and want to thrive and do good things. And so, you know, when I see this next generation of kids coming up, and, I mean, they're ready to kick the fucking door down. But they got to learn the history and who they are. Yeah. And, of kind of just the big picture of what we do and I'm learning it now I mean I'm grateful I had you know two amazing parents who surrounded me with history teachers and you know teachers so you know I got to remember too at times like I got to slow slow down and be patient because I you know a lot of people may not have had that same opportunity right um well yeah you talked about um you and your niece and I know you're your wife Peg all went out to uh, Washington D.C. this last week. Like talk, um, and and I know it had a lot to do with uh, the Billy Frank Jr. statue. So talk a little bit about um, what you guys did out there and and kind of what what give us an update on yeah, the statue. Yeah, I think uh, this is just such a beautiful project. You know, this started in two thousand. I can't remember. It was two thousand twenty-one. I feel like right. Yeah, I think and so. uh, you know the whole goal of this you know, for me and our family and the Squallies to tell our story, you know, and so the state of Washington, I want to, you know, congratulate them for bringing that Whitman statue, wherever they're going to put them, they leave them in the Platomic, I don't care. But, you know, bringing him here and replacing them with, you know, somebody who gave his life 
to something bigger than him. You know, I, I think about it, you know, and like my father, he stayed at the Phoenix Park Hotel in D.C. so much, I knew the ho- the number to that hotel growing up as a kid. <laughs> and which is funny because we're back in D.C. and I'm with my niece and I'm like, hey, that's where your grandpa used to stay. I knew the number to that hotel. And she's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, that's how much he was back here, you know, every week. And he was back here so we could have this today. We could have this opportunity, you know, to go to school, to get educated and not have to jump into a fight right away. You know, and I'm trying to get our next generation to understand there's no rush on what we're trying to do here. You know, sustainability is the key for Nisqually. And so this statue has a chance really to tell our story forever. And I, I think of this great state of Washington. You know, I mean, I love this state. I've lived here my whole life. I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. You know, we, uh, you know, we live right there along the Nisqually River. And I think about paradise. You know, that's what that used to be in. And it will be again. And I was with the artist, uh, Mr. Wu, in Washington, D.C., in the Washington State Arts Commission. We were back there, and we, we had the opportunity to go into, you know, Statuary Hall and take the tour. And, you know, the curator gave us the whole rundown, the size, how the statue is going to be. And, you know, and I think about that because this is the second time now I've been back there since, you know, this is the sta- this year, really. Just thinking about how fast this is coming because... You know, now the state of Washington is paying this whole project. The, the whole project's funded. We, nobody has to raise money, which should have been done the beginning. I don't think Whitman's family had to go out and raise money. Right. And so, you know, getting that cleared up of understanding, like, this is a state project. You know, but tribes are co-managers here. And so it's about telling that story in a way, you know, that is healthy in a way that, uh, you know, it tells the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because it all needs to be told. What I see happening right now is that people, it's almost like we want to kind of start on step one and we want to go straight to 10. We don't want to do the steps in between and the work in between. You know, and I think about my dad, man, he used to, he used to pull this stuff on me, Jay. When I was a a teenager, like we'd go out on the water, like on a Saturday or something, Sunday. And I just assumed we were going for a boat ride and hanging out with my pops. And then he'd take us over to the mouth of the river, the reach and fucking get us stuck there. The tide what are you going to do? Nothing. There's nothing you could do about the tide, you know, patience. Yeah. And so sitting there, you know, waiting. And as I got older, you know, you think about that. It's like the stories and the teachings that he was teaching you, you know, and one of the things he taught me, and he always said this, being an Indian, you got to have a lot of patience, you know, and I look at my grandfather who was born in 1879, you know, I look at my father in 1931 and I look at me 1982 and I, I'd ask my dad, how come you didn't teach me the language growing up, dad? And he'd say, because your grandpa didn't want us learning it because of, uh, you know, the times we were in and the world we lived in at that time. And so I said, okay, well, you know, here we are in 2023 and our fucking language, excuse my language, is going to be on a statue going into the statuary hall in the United States Capitol <laughs> where our people... I mean, our, like, you have you been in the U.S. Capitol? Like, yeah, long time ago, probably, yeah right? when I was so, a little kid. Like, going in there now the second time getting a tour, and it's like seeing the depictions of what they thought Indian people were. You know, and now as you walk into Statuary Hall, there's one statue on one side, and it's Chief Standing Bear. And Chief Standing Bear, I think it was Nebraska, maybe, I think. I could be wrong, but Nebraska. And so... One side will be Chief Standing Bear, and the other side will be my father, Billy Frank Jr., on this walkway 
into where they sign law. So these guys are going to have to walk by Chief Standing Bear and my father every time they're going to pass a fucked up law if they want to. Yeah. You know, and so for me, it's about time now. You know, it's it's the time of healing, I feel like, in a lot of ways for a lot of us, a lot of people, including myself. You know, uh, my, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, about myself in the last few months even of healing and what I need to do to heal to be a better leader even. Right. You know, and, and a lot of it is just stuff that you don't deal with, you know, at a young age. You know, it's stuff you, you may not want to talk about because, you know, we're, we're taught not to deal with our feelings. You know, we're all taught to be tough. We're taught to look, you know, you don't cry kind of stuff, you know. And I laugh because my mom taught me to be who I was. Fuck, if I'm sensitive, cry. Like, it yeah. don't matter. Like, it, you know, and so getting people to understand, it's almost like it's not necessarily put your guard down, but it's like, all right, we breathe a little bit, you know, like we're, we're all family here and we're all trying to come together, you know, and I think with this statue, it's a lot of healing, you know, having the opportunity and I'm going to jump around a little bit because I've had a crazy couple weeks, Yeah. you know, being in Washington, D.C., spending that whole week with Mr. Wu and the Arts Commission and uh, one of my council members and my family, you know, thinking about where we are looking at, you know, Andrew Jackson and the termination and all that, you know, and it's just kind of, it gives you like chills almost. But I think about the, the responsibility that comes with this statue though. And so as we're sitting in statuary hall, I'm looking at like thousands of kids walking in and out and I'm like, all right. And then people from all over the world. And so it's like, what is the story we want to tell? And you're a part of that story, Jay, you think about it because this story, people are going to come out here. And they're going to be like, man, who in the hell is Billy Frank Jr.? And why in the hell do they have a statue of him? You know, and so for me, I'm trying to get my, my crew at Nisqually and our team to understand, like, you guys, this is, if we want this, we could, I mean, we could take over this whole area with that Hawksbury project and yeah. everything else we got going. And so, you know, last week was a good, you know, kind of first opening to seeing where we're at today. You know, one not just with the state and the statue, but our own people. You know, there's a lot of resentment towards my father amongst our own tribal members, you know, but also amongst our other tribes. And why, why is that? You know, I think it's just a lot of it is because, um, I don't know, my father was who he was. You know, he was comfortable being Willie Frank, you know, Billy Frank Jr., you know, and that's who I, I'm confident with who I am. Yeah. And I think my father and my grandfather, you know, Willie Frank Sr., in 1917, when two-thirds of the Nisqually Reservation was condemned, Willie Frank Sr. bought six acres of land right where Frank's Landing is today. And I think about the mindset to be so brilliant to buy six acres of land after he just got 200 acres taken from him by Pierce County. You know, it was condemned to make room for Fort Lewis. And uh, rather than being bitter or ugly about it, he went and he said, okay, I'm going to buy these six acres and we're going to start a whole new revolution. You know, and you look at my father, you know, I look at his life and what he went through, you know, and I got the later stages of his life, I guess you could say, but it was, I never saw him get angry or upset or never was bitter. And I think about that because he could have been one of the most bitter SUBs in the world after everything that that man went through, you know, the the beatings the tear gas the the like the losses in his life even you know i mean he quit drinking in 1974 you know and and never took another drink up until the day he died
you know, and so you think about that and you think about the time his daughter died. My older sister passed away in the mid 1970s, you know, and they assumed he was going to start drinking again. Never did. My mom passed away. You know, they assumed he was going to start, you know, and it's like these things happen in all of our lives. And I'm seeing that, you know, like for me, losing my mom at a young age and starting to realize, you know, just the effect it had on me hit 41, you know. And so now you're starting to see all of us kind of come into this age of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say we're growing up, but goddamn, I guess we're growing up. And it's getting old, man. It's just kind of funny to see how everything's working. I know. And if. You know, I know like the elders in the Nisqually tribe are a big, big influence on you. And I'm sure the rest of the tribal council and everything else. And it's like, you know, it's almost to the point where like, how close are you to being an elder now? You know what Jay, I mean? God damn like, it. Like, <laughs> so my fifth councilwoman, Shay Squally, like teases me. She thinks I'm like 10 years older than I am. And I always mess with her because I'm like, first of all, Shay, Peg coached you in basketball. Yeah. So you're not that much younger than us. Right. But it's like, it's funny. So with her even, 10 years, right? So my dad sobered up when he was 50. Got his shit together kind of, right? A few years before. It was the same with me at 40. You know, and I told Shay, Shay's 10 years younger than me. I'm sorry, but it's 10 years earlier now. Like you got to start at 30 yeah. to process everything that we got going on because of the responsibility that that we have and it's it's scary and it you know i'm understanding all of it now starting to and you know i for me it's the younger ones with shay and other younger you know tribal members who have so much heart and passion for what we're doing with this language with this culture with our way of life you know we're hosting the 2026 canoe journey again you have to come out again jay for this i one. am this is for gonna sure be dope. um you know it's gonna be 2024 next year we're going to be celebrating bolt 50 you know and that's 50 years from u.s versus washington one of the greatest decisions ever i feel like it's probably the greatest decision ever because it recognized our treaty rights it recognized who we were and i found a beautiful interview i found it so this interview i found was arizona state did the interview or university of arizona and the interview was Uh, from uh, 2001 and it was a month before my mom passed away and I had never seen this interview until right before I went to DC I found it somehow and my dad tells a story about Judge Bolt about how during the court trial like I never heard my dad tell this on tape of like what you know one of our elders from Suquamish was up giving testimony and she uh, didn't speak English and so she started speaking, you know, in our language to grandpa, my, you know, our, my dad or my grandpa sitting there and he started speaking back to her. And of course, Slade Gorton, the judge, they all got up and objected and Judge Bolt overruled it. And he allowed for Willie Frank Sr. to speak our Lashutzi language in the federal courtroom in 1974. You know, and I feel like that's made such a difference. And, and now it took 50 years to heal, to even bring this language out. And now it's starting to be woken. You heard it in the video, that leadership video. Yeah. To hear Shay say this, like, it sounds so beautiful. Like, there's a whole group of our, our young tribal women who have taken on this responsibility to, you know, heal. I mean, this is, this is how we heal. Right. I, I spent last Sunday with Secretary of Interior, Deb Holland in Tulalip. Now, Deb Holland is the first Native American Secretary of Interior, but she's also the first Native American woman 
And so she's just badass, right? So Deb Holland is in D.C. She's, you know, Secretary of Interior. They oversee all of Indian affairs. They yeah. oversee, you know, and so for her, she's getting it left and right. You know, that's how it goes in leadership. But that's why you run, to make a change. So she comes out and sets up this boarding school initiative is what it is. And this was, Jay, I've been through a lot of hard times in my life, and I've had a lot of challenges. And, you know, when I see you every day, you know, when I think of you, you know, when when you were in the hospital, one of the things I thought about was, you know, the days where I have a bad day or I'm sore, it ain't that bad. Because I think about the commitment you've made to educating people, you know, and that's exactly what my dad, fuck, he'd be so proud of you. Because you think about it, like, you could have took your situation and and did what he could have did been bitter fucking hateful like spiteful and you Mm -hmm. didn't know and now look you know you're trying to educate Nisqually everybody in this great area you know and people don't realize that was my dad's message you know that was the teachings he wanted to see you know the language and everything else we got going on here right now it's up to us if we want to accept this language because it is very strong it's powerful it's healing Um, I think for me I believe I can help myself heal as whole with this if I, you know, commit to learning this. And, you know, we're learning it now as counsel, just getting the saying. So we're doing once a week and we're starting to kind of slowly get into it because, you know, this is something that has been kept away. I look at for more than 50 years, you know, because you look at my dad's generation was probably the last one. And so here we are today, 2023, and I'm sitting in Tulalip on Sunday up north Marysville. Secretary of Interior has all of these, you know, boarding school survivor victims there. And it was one of the hardest days of my life, Jay, to sit there and hear these god-awful stories. They were so hard, though, because it was just, you know, it was so tough to listen to. But for me, you know, I realized I'm there because that's what I'm my dad. That's what I do. I'm a witness now. It's my turn to be the witness you know, and there was only six tribal leaders there, which was a little bit disheartening, you know, but I'm glad I was there to see that. And I was glad I was there to hopefully help people heal, you know, and listen to that. And of course, you know, they had different, you know, uh, out, outreach outsources, you know, for after. But, you know, there's a story that there's a gentleman he was talking about. And for me, it was one of the, like, it's been an emotional few months, I think, because I said healing is, is not easy. And so it was a tough story because he talked about what happened to him. And just, it was fucking god-awful, Jay. So I, I'm sitting there, you know, I'm just about to get into tears. And I close my eyes and I sit there, you know, and I'm just taught, I'm thinking in my head, you know, and I'm thinking about my grandfather, you know, and I'm thinking about when he used to say, and as long as the rivers run, he'd say, the Nisqually Indians lived in paradise before the white man came. And that's all I kept hearing him say. And then I heard our fifth councilwoman who did the prayer at the at the last general council meeting when it was just a hostile meeting. And that's all I could hear in my head was that prayer and my grandfather. And he would just, I could just hear him say paradise. And the Squally Indians lived in paradise. You know, so having the opportunity to sit through that, you know, I realize what's, what's at stake here. Because at the end of every story, it went back to the language. And they all said, man, if we had our language we wouldn't feel like this, you know? And so it's getting a generation to understand now, you know, social media is not who we are, like the shit we see on there. And I don't have any social media and I'm not against social media, 
you know, politics are brutal enough and having to deal with it on social media is even tougher. But teaching this generation, it's not about, you know, being Indian cool. You know, it's about knowing who you are and being comfortable with that. You know, and shit, Jay, you've always been, like I said, man, I mean, bitterness is, it's out there. It's like fucking uh, contagious. It's easy. It's, I really feel like it's an easy thing to, to kind of latch onto also, man. It's, it's, I think it's, it's easy to be bitter or to be, you know, spiteful or whatever. And I think it's um, easier to be bitter, hateful and spiteful rather than doing the work. Yeah. You know, and I feel like. I mean, my dad taught me to, and I'm, I'm terrible with patience. I can't sit fucking still. And the fact that I, I sat there on Sunday showing our beautiful secretary of interior, Deb Holland, that respect, because one of the things I, I see, and one of the things that, you know, we live in a world after 2016, right. Of uh mansplaining. I think, you know, Trump fucked this country up. He fucked the world up. If you really think yeah. about it. But I think about the world we live in to where, you know, a generation and people you're used to being talked at. You know, it's almost like they weren't taught. Like I was taught by my father. He taught me, you know, Dick, they were teachers. You know, yeah. you, you know, now I feel like we've been able to come up with so many excuses in life. Like talked at, you know, oh, this person, like they already have that prejudgment of somebody. Right. And it's like, not even realizing like there's good people out there who want to help one whether it's Nisqually or our other tribes but I but I see what's happened to within my community and my government at Nisqually is that unfortunately it's turned into the literal white system and we're not even realizing it you know we're not even realizing that the structure that we're currently set up in most of our tribes here in this state it's the BIA structure this wasn't our governmental structure or charts. That's not how this works because when you're talking about language, language would be in every department. You're talking about culture would be in every department. Mm-hmm. Talking about treaty resources would be in every department. You know, and so it's getting these guys to understand the big picture of what we're trying to do. And I don't think a lot of people realize it because it's scary. It is scary to, to be responsible for a language that was almost, well, it's, it's scary to think being responsible for a, uh, tribe or a community that was almost wiped out you know reading those quotes from andrew jackson jackson and some of those (laughs) old racist assholes back there god damn it and it's so awesome to see and like i saw peg i saw tay my niece you know my beautiful wife my beautiful niece and then our beautiful council member are there like and they all are in this native bling and you know peg and tay they're always dressed to the T and so is Shay but it's different now like growing up my parents always told me don't put tattoos you know where people can see them you know and what we're dealing with now no it's art right you know and so like we have council members now like with tattoos and it's beautiful native art when 20 years ago they'd have been like what and it's like, no, like we're at the fucking table now. Yeah. And we ain't going nowhere. And that's the thing people need to realize is like this generation of tribal leaders coming up, they're ready to ready to do the work. Well, that's what we've had conversations off air multiple times over the last like 10, maybe not 10 years, but like five years at least about how excited you are about the next generation that's coming up and like how, you know, their, their mindset is so much different than, than yours was or like your... The, your predecessors were 
and um you know and seeing that video that you showed me earlier which i'll, I'll uh yes, attach please. to the podcast notes so people and, can watch it but you know what we've seen here in this country since 2016 you've seen the the men really run the country and they ran it into the fucking ground because you had people like trump you have people who don't care about you and i they don't care about that lake out there the rivers the streams you know we we talk about the rules of uh the rules of nature Nature's nature. It does, I'm watching my river change right in front of my eyes down there. And to right. see, you know, everything of man-made, you know, you need a balance in life. You know, you need a male and a female to be able to control the balance within any community you live in. I don't care. Mm-hmm. But what's happened is that we've made that shift at Nisqually to where it's the opposite. And so for me, I was raised by women. My father, he was raised by women. They're the matriarchs of our communities. They're the matriarchs of our families. Yeah. You know, and I see what gets me excited is I see a whole generation of young, strong, you know, women who are learning about language themselves. But like, look at Peg, look at T- I mean, you look at these guys like these women now, they're not afraid to get up and talk in front of anybody. No, like they'll get up and talk in front of the goddamn president if they have. To. Yeah. And like even like myself, people are like, oh, you know, you always kind of make this look easy when you get up and talk. And I'm like. To be honest, man, like I was a fat kid growing up and I didn't have like a tooth until I hit like 15 because I got eight teeth knocked out when I was eight. And so it's like the self-consciousness of like everything for me, you know, and that's why I think you and I get along so well, Jay. I mean, you know, you don't care. I don't have to be on to be over here, (laughs) you know, to come over and chill. And, And it's unfortunate because the world we live in right now and even with myself, you know, the position I'm in as chairman, but also the son of Billy Frank Jr., you know, for me, life will never be normal again, which is unfortunate, but it's the work and the responsibility that I have in front of me. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, man. It's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, I do want to talk a little bit more about the language, yeah. Willie, and like how um, it's being implemented, like like you said, in the school district. Now it's going to be, you know, like this, this beautiful language is going to be in statutory hall at the U.S. Capitol on your father's statue. Like, this is amazing, man. It's really amazing what you guys are doing. Well, I think about this, Jay, because this language is still, we're being very careful with it because, you know, with this language comes great responsibility. You know, it comes with great, um, I guess you could say power. You know, and you don't want it to be used for the wrong reasons. You know, and if it is used for the wrong reasons, that's not good for anybody. You know, because my grandfather, there's a reason why it wasn't, it was kept away for so long. You know, the jealousy, the anger, the hate, the bitterness. Everybody assumes if we learn the language, that's all going to go away. No, that's not. Like, you got to let go of that before. If You know, for me, I'm all about energy. I feel like, you know, if you have negative energy you're putting into whatever your daily task is, you're not doing your job because that you're failing by starting with that negative energy. And so for me, it's look, trying to look at everything positive in life. And I look at it, the language and I look at the healing, the opportunity we have. And I look at my dad's story. I look at everybody's story, you know, and I, I was trying to get this across to the members of like, you guys, any one of you guys who have ever gone through any kind of racism have been treated like crap, whatever it might be. This is a chance to heal from that. But don't, don't think that this statue is going to be the thing that heals you. It's right. a chance to heal, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, Willie, I was wondering, like, so with with other tribes, like, locally here in Western Washington specifically, do they, I mean, do they have their own languages, and are those languages... So there's, there's different dialects of Lashutsi. Okay. You know, there's Southern, there's Northern, but for us, I mean, we have Willie Frank's dialect, and that's what we're going to call it. Oh, that's Willie awesome. Frank Sr.'s dialect, because... You know, there's always like, well, that's right. That's who's right, who's wrong. And it's like, no, we're not going to decide northern, southern, you know, whatever. We're just going to go off Willie Frank Sr.'s language. And that's what everybody wants to do. That's a beautiful thing to see, definitely. That is, that is. So so this language has nearly died in, in all of these communities, not just... You know, I, we, don't, we don't say it's died, it uh, went to sleep. Or went to sleep, there you and go. And now we're reawakening. I love that. Know? And that's what we told people because... You know, we're born with it instilled in us, you know, and it's like now it's starting to come out. Like when when I hear certain words, it's like I feel like it's almost like a word that, you know, I've, I've known my whole life even, you know, and it's weird. Like when I listen to my grandpa, when he talks about it, you know, the language, it's so beautiful. It's so fluent. It's so amazing, you know, and we haven't started sharing the stories yet, you know, because they are very... Um, very close, near and dear to us, because we're I still bet. trying to trying to heal from all that pain of the not speaking it, and so he, hearing it now, it's already been. Uh, you know, I got two of the council members, two of our our female council members, our two keepers. You know, um, it's been a great opportunity to see them both. One, you know, it's helped them in their personal life, but it's helped them get back into school. Even, you know, the language for our two council women have been something. I hope that they'll heal from and I hope that whatever in their life this is a way for them to heal if they're ready to because you know they're they're the keepers of it now you know and it's not we can't we can't kid ourselves when it comes to the language and we can't sit there and and it's like the language knows you're bullshitting in a way it's weird right but it's like and I think we'll get there you know I'm confident with both of these women that we'll get there plus I mean like I said they're the matriarchs you know for me I'm yeah yeah no that that's beautiful um going back to the uh statue uh i know last time i think we were trying to figure out when last time we we had talked on the podcast was and i think you and peg were here and you guys were talking about both raising money for the statue and um that you had so no more no more raising money so yeah and you said that for it which is amazing and so and then i think you hadn't picked the, I think you were just about to pick the artist. The artist. Oh, okay. So, so we haven't. Okay, so the so, artist is Mr. Haiyang Wu. Is the artist at it? Okay. And he will be the first Asian American artist to do a statue in the hall. That's amazing. So that's even more fitting that my father, you know, this Indian man who he wouldn't want any of this shit, man. He no. wouldn't want the statue. He wouldn't want it. Right. He'd want us to kick, keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. You know, and now we have Mr. Wu, who's done so much. He's done great pieces. The uh, firefighters down in Pioneer Square, he did that oh, piece. Yeah. If you get a chance, take a look because his facial expressions of of these guys are awesome, and just the mock-ups of my father. I mean, I knew this was gonna be, he was gonna be the right guy, and plus, you know, it's kind of different. It's a different time right now. Like, so we're sitting there in D.C. last week with the Washington State Arts Commission. The commission we've been trying to get on, we've been trying to be a part of for so long. 
And now we're at the point now where these people are like, all right, tribes, what do you want now? You want to work with us? And now it's almost like in some situations we're like, oh, shit, what do we do? For me, I'm like, no, fuck it. Like, we've been waiting a long time to get our, and now this statue's got us in that door with these people. You know, it's and amazing. I told our guys, I'm like, you got to be able to educate them now and, you know, tell them what, who we are, you know, tell our story, you know. And so it's been kind of cool because like, you know, before it used to be like Hanford and I would be out there talking. But now we're seeing our language ladies talk, get out there and do the presentations because really, you know, for us as the seven council members and Hanford's not on council anymore, but he he's a part of the council because they're not understanding that everything the seven of us do, it affects the whole tribe and we need a team to do it. And so getting out and telling that Nisqually story from a younger generation is beautiful because it's not the bitterness, it's not the anger. It's told in a way of like, we all went to public school. Right. We had a lot of people who were, you know, non-native. Look at, look at our friend, group of friends. So it's like we've lived in the best and the worst of both worlds. And right. so now it's like, okay, we were just at an event over at Thurston County. Um, What's it called? The Thurston County Night Out. Have you ever heard of this event? I have not. So we've been coming quite the, uh, or you know, the tribe. Everybody's interested in learning. They want to see the tribe. So, right. Uh, Mr. Bob Ayel, who is our CEO of Medicine Creek Enterprises, you saw in the video, yeah. who is also the port commissioner, Port of Olympia. First Nisqually tribal member, port commission. So that's one beautiful thing. But Bob's listened, as I said, guys, we're taking over. And Bob was like, all right, he, he's one of the only ones who listened. And I think everybody's starting to see it now, though. And so um, Bob says, hey, Willie, I want to know if uh, I can auction a boat ride off with you and Hanford. Nice. And we've been trying to do that to see what, it, you know, Hanford will do a hat. But uh, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Sold for $15,000. Wow. So there were, But it was three of them. <laughs> At $5,200, people paid for a boat tour. Oh, man. And in my head, I'm like, God damn. Like, wait a second. here. People paid 5200 bucks for a boat ride with Hanford and I? And so I'm like, <laughs> all right. This was before we left for the statue uh -huh. uh, trip. So I'm like, all right. Like, this, come on, guys. Like, we got to get our shit together at the tribe as far as just what are we doing? Because, you know, people are going to be wanting to, to know where Billy Frank Jr. was at, you know, and like all of this story right here. So, you know, it's going to be a beautiful story. It's going to be a long story. But, you know, this process coming up on Bolt 50, you know, it's unfortunate the world we live in today, I think, Jay, because there's just so much jealousy. You know, yeah. there's so much bitterness towards good people. You know, and I look at my dad, you know, my dad, he wouldn't want any of this. My dad wanted us to be here today doing what we're doing, educating, teaching, building up a whole generation of leaders like what I see. I mean, I was telling Shay, there's no chairman who ever probably tells another council member, you're going to be the chair one day. Funny thing was, I was telling Shay that before she was even on council, mm -hmm. but it's not just her. There's other ones out there who, you know, they, they just need teachers. You know, and for me, I was very fortunate, but we're coming into a weird time of jealousy, anger, and bitterness. And like, for us, our elders are the ones who are treating us like that. You know, and so for me, even prime example, you know, as chairman of the tribe, I knew exactly what I was doing the day I got elected in 2009. Because my whole life, I've spent having to really just show people I'm a nice guy, I'm a good person, because that mindset of my grandpa, my dad, and like us being, you know, whatever people think we are was crazy, you know, and now to see this statue, 
you know, and that's not what my dad would want. He'd want us at Nisqually to be able to heal together and build our community, a healthy foundation within our community. You know, he wouldn't want that separation that's been there between, you know, Frank's Landing and the tribe because that's not what grandpa wanted. Grandpa believed that we were not even a Indian tribe. He believed we were Indian community because you didn't, you had people from all over coming around, you know, the area. And that's why it's called the Frank's Landing Indian community. Mm -hmm. You know, and I look at it, you'd be, it'd be like, you'd be part of that, Jay, because you're part of a family, you know, and it's like realizing, you know, titles, labels we don't need that i i've never cared about that shit and now with this statue coming up you know i i see why my dad you know uh he didn't want any of this for me like he knew how big this was right you know he knew how much hate this would cause amongst our own people but i think he knew how much hate this would cause just jealousy towards me towards even with my own friends my family whatever it might be you know and, and as i realize as we move forward i'm like fuck it I'm like, I own it because this is my father here, you know, and yeah. I was always taught in my life, like my parents said, you know, you never be ashamed of where you come from. You never be ashamed of who you are. And he said, they tell me, don't ever be ashamed of the hard work that we have done in our life to give you a good life, you know, and that's the world we live in. It's like that sense of entitlement. You know, we live in a, a fucked up world like this entitlement because rather than understanding who we are. And at Nisqually, and you're in your tribe, you don't have a choice. You have to understand who you are to be able to help your people. Yeah. And it, you have so many people who weren't really maybe comfortable being Indian growing up. You know, and now they're coming into a time of, oh, they're supposed to be our elders. You know, and they don't get their way, they throw temper tantrums. Like five-year-olds. It's kind of fucking embarrassing, in a way. But it's like, rather than, you know, giving up, you never give up on your people. Like, these are our elders. No. I know our elders. I know our elders in every community. There's good elders out there, you know? They're our teachers, you know? And even the ones at the state level who are good allies and want to work with tribes, you know? That history is important. I think about a lot of just about where we are in this direction. It's almost kind of a make or break point for a lot of our tribes. Like, we can either stick to where we're at and stay at the status quo and hope that, uh, you know, gaming lasts forever. It ain't lasting forever. You know, gas that fuel isn't either, you know, right. and so thinking outside the box with, you know, whether we're going out and buying more timberland for uh, carbon credit, you know, cannabis, you know, tobacco, you know, we know people are still going to smoke cigarettes, but right. it's starting to think about different ways, broadband, solar panels, solar you panels. Guys have, yeah. you know, and it's, it's just changing the narrative of like, okay, the last 50 years have been great for us. And we're coming into a generation too, who's never had the opportunity to fish. You know, and so I'm so grateful, like, for the recordings and everything we have of my father. You know, people don't want to listen to me right now in this time we live. Like, I literally, it's weird, Jay. Like, I will tell, I'll say something and it's like people make up their own shit in their head. And it's messed up, but it's like now I'm starting to see. It's like, okay, well, if you're not going to listen to me, here's my dad. Yeah. Here's all these elders out here who are saying the same message. So right, right. I, I think right now, though, I think we're in a good time. But I think we got a lot of healing, and I think I think we'll get through it though, definitely. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, I the one last thing I did want to talk to you about was um, basically what that video was about that you showed me, uh, but that I'll, I'll attach to the notes in the show uh, on the show notes there. Um, but it's the the Nisqually tribe won the 
uh, Thurston County, uh, excuse me, Thurston County Distinguished Leader Award. Um, and so you guys won that as a collective tribe, which is amazing. It uh, was, talk uh, about yeah. that, man. Yeah, no. So, you know, for so many years, the <laughs> tribe was not invited even into the room, you know, and now yeah. it's like they see the work we've done with all of our outside, you know, economic ventures of what we're doing. It's not for our own people, you know, it's for everybody in this area to see who we are, but also to have an opportunity to make a good living you know, and be a part of our community and be a part of something beautiful. You know, we have two hatcheries on the Nisqually River that produce our Chinook salmon, not for us, for everybody in this great state. So I think, you know, it started with us a long time ago in natural resources with, you know, being good stewards, being good partners. And now you're seeing us within the community. Look at this. We got Bob Ayel, a Nisqually tribal elder, tribal member, and he's a port commissioner for the Port of Olympia. Like my dad was getting dr- 40, not even 50 years ago, he was getting drug up that bank there. Our right. vice chairwoman's dad at that time was getting beaten to shit right next to my dad. And so as we see this and, and we grow here, it's, it's crazy to think about because now the county's like, all right, we want to work with the tribe. We see what the tribe's doing. And, and we'll have a whole nother podcast on Hawks Prairie when the time's right. Yeah, But it's sure. like seeing everything with the Nisqually State Park seeing everything with the the partnerships with the North Thurston School Districts and everything. So this Distinguished Leadership Award was so beautiful for the Nisqually tribe. You know, it just shows the great work we're doing, one, within our own community, but also on the outside. People see that. I mean, there's a Nisqually flag hanging at every school in the North Thurston School District. Did That's you ever crazy. think that in 98 when you graduated? No, no. Never. Never. The fact we got a land acknowledgement. The fact that they celebrate Billy Frank Junior Day on March 9th. There was over 400 kids at River Ridge High School, 400 people. River Ridge High School on March 8th this year. And it was one of the most beautiful days ever. This event started out with probably about 50, 60 people. That fucking gym was full, 400 people. And the kids' exhibits were in there. It was just beautiful. Man, I was going to come out yeah, there, and I that a, was the week after I got out of the hospital no, it's and, okay. and caught COVID. I so. got a bunch of pictures we'll have to go through sometime. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It, just, it just shows everything we're doing right here. You know, We got a great relationship with our new sheriff in the ta- in the county, You know, Sheriff yeah, I heard that, guys. Yeah, I heard he that guy's pretty out, you know, good. New man. Year's Eve for us, on the uh, came out to the tribe, and we did a, uh, a coastal jam. I mean, this is the sheriff of a county who never used to care about what Nisqually did. And right. even, crazy enough, even Sheriff Ed, or former Sheriff Edwards is working, you know, he supports the tribe now. And so That's you're like funny. seeing all this, like, <laughs> almost like, uh, you know, within our own community, I feel like at Nisqually, within our own uh, people at times, you know, they don't understand the work that is needed. I don't think they understand the work that's out there. I think people, they assume... They assume that everything we're doing is easy, I think. And they assume that, you know, everything's in place already. But it's like, no, right now, the relationships are in place. But now we have to maintain them and even build more relationships to really be self-sustainable, self-sufficient, and be sovereign like we're supposed to. You know, a sovereign nation is a nation, you know. And the way I look at it is we'd be ambassadors as council and as leaders, You know, and it's getting everybody to understand that doesn't mean we still don't go out and work with the state on co-management and the feds on certain things. And it doesn't mean we don't take their money either. (laughs) But it means being able to govern yourself in a sustainable manner 
and have those values in place, you know, where the leaders are fair and honest, you know, there's a whole nother, you know, podcast we could talk about the actual original treaty in the constitution. You know, the yeah. Haudenosaunee are the ones who have the original history here. So, you know, I'm, it's almost like educating our own to understand, you know, the U.S. Capitol. I mean, it was ran by Indians at the beginning with the Haudenosaunee and that, that history there of their, you know, the peace treaty. You know, and so I think right. getting back to all of that and how it ties back to my father, my grandpa's messages is, is going to be how we tell this story. And we will live in paradise again, Jay. Nisqually will be paradise again. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. The, the community as a whole, man, just benefits from, from everything, all the hard work you guys are doing. Um, but, yeah, anything else you want to discuss today, Willie? You wanna, we, we could do this, man. We could do one of these every week, bro. No, Jay, I think uh, for me, I think thinking about kind of next steps with you, really, and how to tell this story for our people, um, but not just our own people, but everybody else who's out there listening, everybody we grew up with who are interested to see what Nisqually's doing, because the I-5 project we got going on, the medically assisted treatment facility we got that we built, you know, where the Frankies is at, you know, we're going to be breaking ground on that soon. Nice. I mean, so we're doing a lot of really good things within the community. You know, and it's just showing everybody. But I think at the end of the day, you know, everything Nisqually is doing on the outside is beautiful. But, you know, if our folks, you know, don't listen and grasp that concept of, uh, you know, being a community, you know, we'll, we won't survive. You know, it's understanding who you are. We are not hateful, angry or bitter people, you know, and that is not our structure. Like the way that like for me. It's very disheartening that we have a tribal council, seven council members from all of the families on the reservation. And we have two language keepers on the council. And we're, it's funny because you have people who didn't grow up on our reservation. They didn't grow up around here. And they sit there and they say, well, you guys got a white council. A white, and I'm like, so for me, I laugh because it's really hard to hold my tongue at times because my, you know, my cousin Allison and my family, they used to tell me who wanted to be Indian. You know, and there wasn't a lot of people at back in the 60s and 70s when we were getting arrested who were, hey, look at me, I got a casino. There was no casinos back then. You know, and so it's about educating these people and teaching them, and we can do that through the language. That's a beautiful thing, man. I'm here, here any, you know, any way I can help, as always, man, let me know. And uh, I'm happy to be on this journey with you, Willie. Happy that, that you uh, were able to make it by today and to, to just share kind of what what's going on with the tribe and, and with the statue and the language and just everything, man. Well, think about it. So Ryder, how old's Ryder now? 13? 13, yeah. He remembers my dad, you know. Um, right. Bryn, you know, Swanson's daughter. Yeah, yeah. She had this beautiful project she did, and it was, you know, in the gym being shown off, you know, and Ryder... Ryder's flipping teacher didn't even believe him that he knew me. And so I, <laughs> I, I still got to get into that class before the end of the year. I'm like, no, yeah. like, but it's like getting these, like our kids now, like my friends as kids. It's like, mm -hmm. damn, it's kind of crazy, Jay. No, it is, man. I mean, we're, yeah, we're getting old, Willie. That's, that's hey, the we're crazy just getting, thing. Hey, it's like this, uh, this fine wine you got over yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> just getting better with age. I like it. Uh, but yeah, well, hey. Everybody go listen to this, uh, listen, like, share, rate, review, all that good stuff for us. And uh, Willie, thank you again, man. We'll, uh, we'll do this soon. Yes, sir, Jay. Appreciate it. Love you, man. Love you too, Boy. bro.